Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tapioca Radio Show. It is Eric Allenson and Michael Sharp. We are back with you uh, for actually our third season of the Tapioca Radio Show. I can tell the listeners flat out when we started, Mike, with this initial concept of delivering experiential learning narratives and commentary through the platform of radio, I did not think that there was any way this would survive more than maybe a few episodes, especially with you at the helm. Right. And here we are now, three years later, Mike, and we're, we're starting our uh, our third season. What do you think about that, Mike? Well, friend? I'll just say that I never had a doubt that we would be successful. I know that I had to convince you over the months and years that this was worthy of your efforts. And I, I hope that this season you're actually going to provide some effort. Uh, okay, I... <laughs> So I, I see what you're saying. You're thinking that I th- this show takes a back seat to my primary job as an instructor and a, and a co-op advisor. Correct. Uh, Mike, I, I can say nothing is further from the truth, actually. This is paramount in terms of my priorities. Yeah. It is uh, delineated, you know, kind of the first piece that I talk about, actually, in my, my faculty dossier, which is, is coming up in, in Is it on your business weeks. card is the question. Um, you know, not all of us are fortunate enough to have uh, separate budgets where we can produce and customize our own business cards like right. a director okay. of service learning would have. Oh. So unfortunately, I, I don't have it. Uh, I, I don't have it noted on my business card, Mike. But uh, but t- tell you what, if you want to pay for that for me, yeah, I would be very happy to to carry around a pocket of those like several any, anywhere I go. Maybe like a two sided business card on the front side, it would have. It's like Clark Kent and Superman, yeah. right? On the one side, it'd say co-op advisor. I like that. On the other side, it would say radio show host. Okay. Or something I, like that. I, th- I think that'll work. Um, you know, Mike, you get on that uh, just like you, you're doing with the mugs that you were supposed to have ordered for <laughs> us three years ago for all of our guests. Yeah. Um, and, and Well, they're once, handmade. Once, it takes yeah. a while. Yeah, they're still in the kiln. Yeah. They're, okay. Uh, they're, they're pottery- Pottery mugs, then it sounds yes. like yes, ceramic, I think ceramic pottery mugs. Okay, yeah. great. Well, I'm I'm glad you're getting on that. It's only taken you three years uh, uh, to consider that idea, Mike. But so, Eric, how how long has it been since we've been on air here? It's been a long time. Has it been six months? Probably, yeah, at least I, I would say about six months. About six months since our last episode. For you sure. know what I didn't anticipate today? Uh, some of the technical hiccups well, that we that, experienced. That, but I mean, that sort of we've we've dealt with that before. But what I didn't expect, it's been some time since we've been on air. Yeah, and I've been anticipating this this day leading up to this day with our wonderful guests for season three, Becca Michael. Right. But did you see the celebration that they had for the relaunch of Tapioca Radio Show out there today? They had food oh, trucks. Food trucks. Uh, yeah, I saw the Bearcat out there running around. We they had, had music playing. Yeah, yeah, I saw. I mean, we loud. didn't ask for that. It was a little. It, it was uh, a little weird. Yeah, it was. It was uh, pretty amazing. I can tell you, walking down Main Street as people were just kind of applauding me, right. um, in a slow clap. <laughs> yes. As I as yeah. I perset, uh, you know, as I move towards uh, towards the studio grounds here in CCM. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was very flattering. I blushed yeah. a little bit. Well. Uh, I think they embrace us here on on uh, UC campus, and it's just nice to be be thanked every once in a while. It is, it is, yeah. of course. So, Eric, what have you been up to before we get to our uh, show here? Anything new in your world? You haven't. Last we talked on air here, Owen, I think, was three months old. Yeah. How uh, old is Owen now? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> let's let's add uh, six months plus to that, Mike. And I think you can answer your own question. My my son aside, yeah, Mike, we we have been fortunate enough to be involved in some um, some really fun initiatives. Yeah, Ireland, particularly with reference to service learning and some of the research and scholarship that we've yeah. uh, we've done over the past uh, year year and a half. Yeah. So uh, for our listeners, to provide a little bit of context, uh, Mike and I had a chance to co-author uh, a paper uh, about the, the service learning collaboratory course. And I know we've spoken on the air about the collaboratory before, but, um, but it is a class designed for students in a variety of different disciplines to engage in service learning with an end outcome driven at providing some type of service to a not-for-profit organization yeah. or a community partner of some sort. Yeah. And and Mike and I, uh, over the, the past academic year or so, have authored a, a, a paper that describes the course, the philosophy behind it, um, a lot of the theoretical underpinnings and... Um, and, and we actually had a chance to present that uh, in Galway, Ireland, yeah. at the International Association for Research and Service Learning and Community Engagement. Yeah, very well-received idea. Um, I think, Eric, we got some really good feedback while in Ireland, and I am really excited about our next service learning collaboratory partner. Yes, of, of course, and, and we can, uh, I think throw that out there now uh, as it's official and it sounds like we actually have a guest on the show next week next week yeah uh, which which is pretty exciting so um, so that being Mike do you want to provide that information uh, yeah so our next service learning collaboratory partner is the fastest growing professional soccer team and dare I say the world FC Cincinnati it's gonna be awesome it is gonna be and uh, Eric that's many thanks to you for making that connection We've had some really good partners in the past, but this partner I'm in particular the most excited about. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have some fun with that. We're offering a service learning collaboratory course in partnership with FC Cincinnati beginning the spring 2018 academic term with the intention of helping FC Cincinnati develop a community engagement program, yep. which uh, will not only positively impact the greater Cincinnati community and provide access to youth that probably wouldn't ordinarily be provided access to the game of yeah. soccer. Um, but Mike, there are some other ancillary benefits associated with this course as well. And, and one of those uh, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge, and that would be this program has the potential to help propel FC Cincinnati to MLS expansion. Major League Soccer. So, so that is another That's benefit. That's a big deal, Eric. It is a very big deal, yeah. uh, making a jump from, from the USL to potentially MLS. And, and our hope is that envisioning uh, a comprehensive community engagement program can in some way uh, be a catalyst towards that movement. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Eric, so we'll preview next week's show a little bit later today. Yeah. But what do you say we take a quick break? Uh, yep. We have a great guest. We've been trying to get her on for some time now. Uh, Becca Michael from the School of IT. We'll be right back.
Okay, welcome back to the Tapioca Radio Show. This is Season 3. My name is Michael Sharp. I'm joined by my partner in crime here, Professor Eric Allenson. Uh, You're listening right now to BearCast Media, coming at you live from the Jack and Jones Strader Studio, part of the Electronic Media Division of CCM. So, Eric, I thought we were a little rusty coming off the uh, bench there. We've been cold. The throat was cold. Yeah. You were a mess. I, I held it together the best that I could. Yeah, I, uh, so I don't, I don't know quite what you're making reference to, Mike, but uh, in terms of rusty chops, I would say you're, you're probably the rustiest in this, uh, this entire studio. Yeah. Uh, I've had a chance to, to fortunately fine-tune some of my, my skill set as a result of uh, doing some soccer broadcasting yeah. in my spare time, where I think you're just uh, maybe sitting on a, a bench coaching youth baseball. Well, that, there's some truth to that. There, there's some truth to that. So uh, our, our first guest, Eric, of Season 3 is someone that you know well, you work closely with. Yes. It is Professor Becca Michael. Becca, welcome to the Tapioca Radio Show. Thanks so much for having me. Becca, it's awesome to have you here. You were one of my favorite people within the School of Information Technology at UC. Um, and, and for our listeners, Becca, when I first started, we, we started about the same time. Uh, so I, I believe, Becca, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is our fourth year together. Um, and, and Becca was very, very receptive to me, some of the ideas that I had regarding work-integrated learning and co-op opportunities for students in IT. Uh, and so she's been a, a really, really strong advocate for uh, our program, our students, and she's someone that, that I've been very fortunate to, uh, to be able to work with and call upon whenever I have um, you know, employer partners or mm-hmm. I- individuals that are interested in connecting with faculty in our school. Uh, Becca is, uh, is number one in terms of uh, the top of that list. So uh, it's great to have her on board. And then, Mike, I, I will say this. Yeah. You've become recently connected with Becca, too, as a result of uh, some of the courses that you've taught collaboratively. Is that right? Yeah. So we were mentioning earlier, and <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, 
the first segment, Eric, the Service Learning Collaboratory, um, which our next partner is FC Cincinnati. Well, Becca and I co-taught with another colleague who's been on the show, Nancy Jennings, a Service Learning Collaboratory called Digital Storytelling, which I think I've told you about. We were partnered with some high schools in the city. Uh, Becca, those schools, Deer Park High School and Riverview East. Yes. Yeah, so that's where I really got to know uh, Becca and the uh, caliber of her work. And Eric, you probably know this, but she has quite the interesting background and story. So it's good to have her here. Uh, Becca, not to put you on the spot, but could you tell the listeners just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Um, I am a graduate of the school where I currently work, which is something that a lot of people don't get a chance to do, to go back to uh, the program that made you after you've worked in industry for a while. And I think that's why Eric and I had such an easy time getting together, because I came from the IT industry back into UC. Yeah. And I, I wanted to bring that experience into the classroom, wanted to... Um, you know, really, I, I wanted to work really closely with your department because cooperative education is such a huge part of our program. Um, so my background is after I graduated from the school, I went to make software. Um, most of my career, I worked in aerospace and manufacturing. Uh, so I said that my software allowed the space shuttle to go into space. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Which was fun. So your work, you actually worked in some way on the space shuttle. Yeah. I mean, when when you're talking about IT, you're talking about what you're doing with it, right. the domain of IT. And since my software was used so that they could create the jet engines for the space shuttle, oh, then they would take me to the space shuttle launch so that I could watch what we did uh, together as a group to make that happen. What was that like, to be that close? Ah, it was amazing. I can't describe it. Um, yeah. Just you feel it. Uh, which was so strange to me to, to feel that incredible force and to see something that um, just a few decades ago was absolutely not possible, uh, something that people only imagined and wrote about in sci-fi actually happened. It was, it was amazing. That's incredible. And we're, we're fortunate as a university to have somebody with your industry experience and your knowledge to come back. It's, Mike, it's very rare, especially in IT, yeah. where it's a... It's an incredibly lucrative um, employment sector. Right. And Becca is the type of individual that would be in incredibly high demand based on her skill set. But it's pretty amazing that she took advantage of an opportunity to come back and um, and help support the program that she was a part of. Yeah. And, and serve as, as kind of a leader and a mentor uh, as well as an instructor for our students. So we're very, very lucky to have her. No doubt. And, you know, I'm looking at your uh, bio here. Uh, Becca, and you're doing incredible stuff, but I don't know, how did they talk you into walking away from doing cool work like working with NASA on such important things and get you to come back to UC? How did they make that work? It was a call from the director of our program, Hazem Saeed, uh, okay. because he sent me an email. Uh, I, I was involved in the advisory board. I, I never really left the school. I never really left UC. I was an active alum. Um, I was on the IT advisory board. And then eventually I started teaching as an adjunct um, and, and I loved it. And I was spending a lot of time with that. But I was also spending a lot of time on diversity initiatives in IT outside of work. And that became really important to me. Uh, and it, it was funny when 
I was trying to make a decision about whether to stay down this business path, uh, this growth within the business of my company, uh, or to change, to focus on diversity initiatives in IT. Uh, I, I finally came to the conclusion that in about six months I was going to make a move. And okay. that weekend, uh, the director contacted me because he sent a, a, an email to my work email, and it was bounced back. Hmm. And I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, just a, Is that a glitch right? in the server. So like fate, exactly. destiny. Exactly. And he said, uh, did you quit your job? Because I, I just received this bounce back. But, um, and but you had not quit your job at right. that point. I had not, yeah. Wow. Um, so that was strange. It was just a fluke. And I said, no. Um, but he didn't end there. He said, of course, did you quit your job because? And he went on to explain <laughs> the great opportunity that we had. And that was the Dital Grant, um, where we were focusing on increasing the number of people who are interested in IT and increasing the diversity in IT. Yeah, I have here in the notes that the DITL, that's spelled D-I-T-L-E, uh, and you've told me a little bit about this in class. Um, for our listeners, though, can you explain uh, what work through that grant encompasses? Absolutely. It was a, a three-year grant from the National Science Foundation, and we were focusing on increasing the number of students from high school who are interested in a career in IT. Uh, that career does not seem approachable to a lot of students. Uh, it seems like it's just math. You have to be some kind of genius, right, uh, based on popular culture and what people see today. So we wanted to uh, educate them about IT, get them interested via a summer camp, via a couple of IT clubs in their high schools, uh, some competition so that they could get some experience working with other students from other high schools and really build that community so that uh, they were working together instead of just uh, having a, a very small group of students at their particular high school because we were working with uh, mostly Cincinnati Public Schools. Sure, sure. And Becca, since you've been a part of the University of Cincinnati uh, formally, I should say, in, in your role working with the Dital Grant, um, I can tell you I've, I've witnessed from my standpoint a huge increase in terms of student growth, student interest in our program in IT, but also some really, really unique um, articulation agreements and partnerships we've established, one of which was just formally signed. I believe we had an MOU signed uh, about a week and a half ago with uh, Cincinnati Public Schools. Becca, do you mind just commenting on that shortly? Uh, not at all. I, um, I work with a, a committee of people on the DITAL grant, and together we discovered uh, a lot of very interesting findings. The reason why a lot of students weren't coming into the IT program, um, you know, some of those barriers, also uh, why some students weren't interested in IT, and we collected that, and um, the leadership of the school talked to the school districts about allowing students to take classes while they're currently in high school to get interest, to give them some college experience going in. Also, with the rise of college costs, we wanted to make a debt-free college experience for those students. Uh, so they worked together on a plan that works for both the high schools and for the university to uh, give students the opportunity to do the first year of the Bachelor of Science in IT program while they're in high school, which cuts down drastically 
on the number of years that they have to spend at UC and uh, cuts down dramatically the cost of that. And this is a Cincinnati public school-wide program. It is. Wow, congratulations. That is amazing. So, so any student in CPS has now access to the inf- entire first-year curriculum uh, that can be administered through a combination of uh, – teaching through their high school instructors, teaching through our faculty at the University of, of Cincinnati, uh, and, and also traditional in-class and also online teaching environments. So it's a very, very innovative program, and I, th- and I think it's, it's awesome and it supports exactly what Becca was talking about, but providing access to IT for uh, populations of students and individuals that probably wouldn't have considered it in the past yeah and you know on on separate occasions and then uh, together you both have said I've, I've heard you say that uh, the demand for qualified IT professionals is so high yeah and I forget the number here guys so let me know but a graduate of a program a bat, uh, bachelor's in IT or something related they can come out and demand a pretty hefty paycheck yes absolutely Absolutely. And, and in particular, students coming through with some type of background in software application development, yeah. which is in such high demand. Uh, we're seeing a lot of those individuals enter the workforce after multiple co-op terms. They enter uh, full-time employment and they're making seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars wow. uh, as a starting salary. So how about that with a bachelor's degree? Yeah. So it, it sounds like not only is this a win-win for the public school systems, it's a win-win for UC. Yeah. And it's a win-win for the region because it sounds like we're thirsty. Sure for those kinds of yeah. young professionals. Absolutely. And and then I think the greater goal too is we can retain that talent. You know, so so because there is a demand in Greater Cincinnati, uh, some of the initiatives that that Becca has helped spearhead ensure that University of of Cincinnati students if they want are not only able to obtain employment within their industry, but they're able to do so within this region, which is That's really amazing. Cool which is really cool. That's so, that's going to be a crowning jewel, another crowning jewel for Cincinnati guys. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. So so not to deviate too much, Mike, yeah. but I, I wanted to give Becca the chance to talk a little bit about her connection with you. And, and maybe we can start with um, the connection you made through the digital storytelling course. Okay, sure. So, uh, Eric, as you know, the Service Learning Collaboratory Shell course is always designed to produce something of value for an external client. So uh, myself and Becca and uh, Dr. Nancy Jennings from the communication department who's been on the show, Jenny Wolfarth, who has not been on the show, we'll have to get her on from uh, journalism. We came together, partnered with two area high schools, and these high school students were also doing uh, service learning. So our UC students were able to partner with those high school students and help them to create digital stories of what they were doing with their service earning work, which then the high school students and the schools could use for promotional efforts and for when there were meetings and and things. And it was a very uh, often challenging class. There was some travel involved, different types of cultures at those two different schools. Uh, but the end results, I couldn't have been happier with. Am I overstating that, Becca, or would you agree? Not at all. I would agree. Uh, we had never taught this class before. We we knew what we wanted to um, get out of it and the learning objectives, really. 
but we didn't know how the students were going to receive this, uh, how the high schools were going to receive it, and it ended up uh, being great. The The videos, the interviews that the college kids did with the high school students, they were really about their experience, and then they put them together, edited them, and what they produced at the end was just a beautiful view of that school of high school life that I don't think you could get if an adult or you know somebody who was not a near peer was interviewing them. It, so if you were to take a look, and I, I believe I've seen at least segments of some of those videos, and they were really impressive that they were developed by students. If you were to uh, maybe synthesize or, or come up with some themes from um, uh, the actual collection that, that was compiled there, what were some of those uh, maybe key themes that were delivered by the students? So I would say, Eric, that's a great question. I would say that one of the themes that I think emerged, whether we were talking about the Deer Park High School or we were talking about Riverview East, which is really two radically different cultures, mm-hmm. um, is that there was a desire by all of those students to be heard. They really wanted their voice to be heard. And as educators, I think that's sometimes easy to marginalize that wish. Because we have agendas that we want to do as teachers. We know they need to learn X, Y, Z. And often what the students want to do is feel empowered to sort of tell their story. And then those theories that we teach them and those skills that we're trying to impart can help with that voice. So for for me, that was the most uh, salient thing. Uh, Becca, what do you think? Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, I, I think in general, in IT and in communication, um, the the number one thing that you get out of studying both disciplines or being in both disciplines is empowerment and freedom. Because you have the ability to communicate your message, you know how to get things out without going through uh, anyone else, without getting permission. Yeah. And uh, to really allow the students that freedom to um, express themselves and for the high school students to express themselves they felt it, and I think they felt great about the work they did. Yeah, pretty cool. It was a fun class. It was a little scary uh, for a few weeks there, but uh, that's the nature of that course. Eric, what you're going to see in the spring when we do our next service learning collaboratory with FC Cincinnati, it's not it's not all planned out, and you often have to make yeah. you know in-step changes. Yeah, Mike, and, and I want to uh, keep on this theme, but you reminded me of something. Yeah. And, and Mike, I know you very much are an advocate and a, and a practitioner, I, I should say, of uh, kind of a collective impact style of teaching and a yeah. constr- and constructivist methodology yeah. when it comes to course design, pedagogy, and, and uh, actual deliver of course co- delivering of course content. Yeah. I kn- because that was a part of our service learning collaboratory paper, yeah. could you comment on that and, and the connection specifically to, uh, to maybe this course? Absolutely, Eric. Another great question. So uh, collective impact is not a theory or an idea that we came up with here at UC. I believe it was born out of Stanford. But there are several collective impact networks in the city. You may have heard of uh, Green Umbrella the Strive Educational uh, Network. Um, so I got familiar with what collective impact means, but in a nutshell, and, and fell in love with it because it sort of echoes what uh, Becca was saying earlier, which is it values the diverse and eclectic voice and voices 
of those that are in the learning environment. So we're not trying to homogenize people here. So they're all doing the same task or speaking in the same way or bringing the same perspectives. Um, it cherishes that eclectic nature, but at the same time realizes that if we each bring our little puzzle piece to the table, to the work, that we can accomplish some pretty special things. And so that's really the fundamental cornerstone of every service learning collaboratory taught, which was, I hope, very apparent in the uh, digital storytelling class. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the students learned um, how to be comfortable with change as well. I think that was a, a huge component of, of that class. So I, I think they understood that, but we didn't sit them down and make them learn that. They, they learned it in the field, um, and then also they learned how to be okay with change, and that's kind of the agile way of, of, of teaching. Um, but again, we didn't sit them down and tell them that's what they were learning. They sure. learned it uh, in the field. Yeah, much more organic. You know, before the show today, we were talking about uh, different modes of education, and they're sort of the marching band mode where everybody knows where to step and when to step and what note to play, and then there's the improvisational jazz mode. And both of those modes of teaching and learning are beautiful, and they both have their place. But I think in these sort of service learning collaboratory courses, we really try to focus on the magic that can happen when you empower young people to author their own educational journey, or at least co-author it. Sure. So before we jump off the uh, segment here, um, can I talk a little bit about Everyone Can Code, Eric? Yes, please do. So currently, Beck and I are... Uh, uh, co-teaching a class, although Becca does the teaching, I sort of show up, and every once in a while talk about culture and service learning and things things like that. You're the warm body. I'm the, the warm body, and yeah. I take attendance. The shadow on the wall. Yep. But we're co-teaching it with Steve DePoe, who's also uh, been on the show. Right, yeah. Uh, department head for communication. And Apple Computer reached out. Uh, you may have heard of Apple Computer, Eric? Apple. Apple Computer? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I have. I can say. Yep. And there's, there's a schematic connection there that's going off. Okay. Uh, they reached out with a curriculum called Everyone Can Code, and they were specifically looking for a faculty member that did not know how to code. Clearly, you were <laughs> which probably is, which is the how they found furthest <laughs> right. faculty member we have at the University of Cincinnati from having any of those technical competencies. <laughs> You're so, not kidding. So I think they were they were right in steering <laughs> right. towards you. Right, and so I like trying new things, and so I thought, okay, well, this sounds interesting, and I did a little negotiating with with Apple, and said uh, I'll agree to do this if you allow me to consider incorporating a service learning component, meaning that whatever the students are working on coding in the class, whatever we do can be used in the service of others. They said, sure. So this is like two months before the semester starts. It's easy to say th yes to things two months before you have to do those things. Right. So then like two days before the semester is here and I start panicking a little bit and like an angel descending from the heavens, <laughs> Becca Michael just shows up who knows how to code, thank goodness. And uh, the class has been really interesting because none of the students sh came to the class 
expecting the code. When they registered for the class, it was mm-hmm. for a quote-unquote freshman seminar. Mm-hmm. And they show up to an Apple computer Mac lab, and we start talking about coding. And uh, there was some worried looks on faces. Becca, do you remember those early days? Absolutely. And, and the second week, one of our students said that she called her parents crying because of this class. Is that right? Yeah. And I, I've never had a class that. like that. Wow. Um, because most... because of uh, you know, dissonance she felt or worry over having to actually code? Worry. Or... She, she was so worried that she wouldn't be able to code. Okay. Uh, and, and so that first week we didn't do much. Uh, we just talked about the class, kind of got into some things. Uh, on the whiteboard, but we didn't actually get into coding. So she was very worried that she was going to flunk out of a seminar class yeah. her freshman year. Um, and it wasn't what she signed up for. So she she actually told us that, though. These, these students are great at communicating yeah. with us. Uh, and I think Michael has set the, the tone for that in the classroom, which is great. The well, completely thanks. open communication. Mm. And she's still in the class, I trust. She is still in okay. the class, and she loves it. She's finished with assignments with her partner generally before other people are, and she explores other things that you can do outside of the small labs that, that we complete. But Apple's... Uh, kind of philosophy of teaching in the beginning is to step-by-step uh, step follow the instructions so that you produce a result. Okay. So you do that first to make it almost like muscle memory. Yeah. And so that you're completely comfortable. You don't have to know everything that's going on around the application. Mm-hmm. Just do this and it will work. And so you get these small successes. So it's yeah. a great class for an intro class. But at the end, we're going to develop a big application for an iPhone. That's so pretty cool. Like a real application, Eric. Yeah. A real app. A real app. Wow. Ooh. I think that's what the kids call it. Is that right? <laughs> an we, app? We actually had a discussion about what's yeah. the difference between an app and an application. Ah. Visit the class. We'll have that discussion. Okay. Later. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to I'd like to be a part of that. Yeah. That's awesome. So Eric, these are I would say non traditional IT newbies. I mean, is that too strong, do you think? It's they, they do not have experience. There's one student who has a little bit of experience um, with a, um intro to coding class that he took in high school. Everyone else is pretty afraid of technology. Hmm. I, I would say that, that they're almost afraid rather yeah. than just... Or they newbies. were afraid, maybe. They, they were, absolutely. Um, and they are becoming very comfortable because hmm. that is something, that's a huge hurdle. Uh, yeah. Students nowadays, they, they have experience using technology, but it's been so easy for them to use. Yeah. They don't have to understand what's going on mm-hmm. underneath that. And that seems really scary when you first get into what is under the hood. Yeah. I and can these, see that. these kids, I shouldn't call them kids, these young people, these students who maybe came with a little bit of fear are they're going to build an app that's going to be used by either people on campus or people in the community. And that's a pretty amazing cool. leap. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I look forward to following this because this is the first time I've, I've seen a course like this at the University of Cincinnati where you, you have a major, major, um, you know, Fortune 50 company like Apple yeah. <laughs> coming out seeking an opportunity to uh, engage with students that don't have a traditional technology background with, it sounds like, a goal of um, gaining some interest within IT 
and, and touching perhaps populations of individuals that wouldn't have considered that ordinarily as a career path. Um, so I'm, I'm very uh, curious and, and interested to see how this plays out and whether or not hopefully some of these students will actually join formally exactly. in our, our BSIT program and, uh, and we'll be able to help them uh, structure a formal curric- curriculum around IT. Yeah. You know, maybe we can get Eric to come in and do a little guest lecture. Becca, what do you think? I think that would be fantastic. Sure. So, uh, Becca, not to take up too much of your time today, we know you're busy, but one question that we like to ask all of our guests, because this show really is about experiential learning and all of its eclectic forms, but you're a part of that story and you, you're a part of that work. If someone were to ask you why experiential learning works and why experiential learning matters, how would you answer that question? Uh, that is that is huge in the field of IT. Um, we, you know, we talk about hands-on learning in the classroom. We immediately get into programming. We don't read about programming first. We immediately start programming, and then we very quickly, even the summer after our freshman year, we start to work in IT because we need to see how uh, the environment is, how. You know, we have a role in an IT company because it is a group of people working together. Um, so, you know, experiential learning is something that has always been a part of our program. Yeah. However, I think the way that it's changing or the, or the way that I see it changing is that we need to not only have these, uh, you know, almost two years of co-ops that are just you know, work experiences, but in the classroom have more volunteer opportunities. When we're learning how to code, why shouldn't we lead up to an application for the free store food bank? Exactly. Shouldn't that be the result? And then there's so many open source programs, um, applications as well, where we can just work on improving uh, an application that people use every day, an open office, a Mozilla. You know, one of those applications lets use our collective kind of workforce that we have in a classroom towards the common good. That's awesome. Amazing commentary. I love it. And, and you know, this is the type of comment where I think from the outside, I'm willing to bet a lot of listeners look at information technology as a discipline and see it as a very pragmatic um, discipline where individuals are sitting down uh, with their headphones on, you know, yeah. cliche, type in on a keyboard and, and have very little interaction with, with other individuals. But I think what Becca has articulated so nicely is it's so much more than that. And it has an opportunity to serve the greater good and, and like um, uh, like has, has been discussed in your Apple class, yeah. developing applications for, um, you know, community members or businesses that maybe wouldn't have an application to help support them mm-hmm. uh, otherwise. Uh, I think that's really awesome. But I think also, as Be- Becca mentioned, the applied aspect of information technology is so unique in that inherently within within this field, within this discipline, you're applying direct uh, instruction or direct content that you're learning in the classroom immediately. Uh, which I think is so cool. You're writing code out the gate. You're developing yeah. databases. You're designing networks, and uh, and I think often that uh, may, that perception may be a little bit skewed the other way. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Becca, thank you so much for taking time today. I know listeners are going to want to reach out to you. Uh, what is the best way to get a hold of Becca Michael? You can email me at, uh, but my name is spelled a little funny. So it's R-E-B-E-K-A-H dot Michael at UC dot EDU. Or hit me up on Twitter at Becca Michael. Same funny spelling. So it's R-E-B-E-K-A-H mm-hmm. at UC or Becca on Twitter. Got it. Becca, thank you so much. Promise to come back? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. All right, everyone. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll finish out um, our segment today um, after uh, a brief moment of, uh, of song playing, I, I suppose, by our wonderful artist, Outcast. Welcome back to the Tap Yoga Radio Show. Eric Allenson, Michael Sharp. We're in for our final segment of our uh, first episode. Of season three. Of season three. I can't believe it. But uh, we've had a, an absolutely outstanding guest on the show today, uh, Professor Becca Michael, um, who shared a lot about her experience teaching in the classroom as well as uh, her industry experience in information technology. She's a great asset for us at UC and has a really, really eclectic background that we're, uh, we're glad we had a chance to share. Yeah, for sure. Eric, would you like to uh, hear some numbers about the show? Yeah, let's go for it, Mike. Because I don't think we could have picked a better guest to kick off season three. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, right now, 16,000 plus listeners, not live, but total over to three seasons, 10 different countries, despite our trip to Ireland, our count in Ireland has not increased. Is that right? Yeah, do, I thought do, that. Do we have Do we have any from Ireland? No, Can we I have some. We have some. But there's not enough. I thought we would go to Ireland and uh, our 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 viewers, our listeners. What about would. Northern Ireland? Well, we haven't been there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just thought there may have been some some individuals, yeah. perhaps in that other country. 
But this was uh, episode, try to wrap your head around this, episode number 34 and guest number 56. Wow. Does that even seem possible? It doesn't. It doesn't. That's hard to believe. But here we are. Here we are, and we, we have recordings of all of these, right? We have the podcast. We have the podcast. We're all on the website. Still on the website. Yep. Mike, Mike. Uh, speaking of that, yeah. do we have any method right now to make those podcasts a little bit more accessible? Uh, well, I believe we had some some work put in to, to try and do that. Yeah, so uh, right now they're they're still on the same old website that they have been, uh, Tapioca Radio Show. It's very easy to find, but we are working to uh, get them on iTunes, and actually one of the young people, students, that's uh, students, students is working on that is in the uh, booth right next door here, uh, Julia Kennedy, and I believe one of your co-op students were, were working with us on that too. On a specific website yeah. for the show. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're hoping maybe by the end of Season 3 that we will have a brand-new website, easy to subscribe to podcasts, much easier to follow. You don't have to type in the URL every time right. you want to listen to. Just download them for free on iTunes. That's right. Download them for free on iTunes. So. Um, so, Eric, we're out of time here, but do you know who's on the show next week? Mike, from, from what it sounds like, we're having a repeat guest yes. on board with us, uh, Mr. Greg Harrell, the director of ticketing for FC Cincinnati. Uh, he's going to come on and share a little bit about uh, his transition from higher education uh, and sales within the UC Athletic Department to now uh, heading up a giant sales team in FC Cincinnati, which has been widely widely successful and one of the the highest selling ticket organizations in uh in professional soccer so it's uh it's going to be pretty cool to hear a little bit about his work it'll be a lot of fun make sure you tune in for that listeners so eric this episode of the tapioca radio show is sponsored by to no surprise the school of it at the university of cincinnati uh school of information technology offers a variety of programs they strive to maintain a welcoming and supportive community with many great opportunities thanks to their dedicated faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends. Maybe the best of those was on the show today, Becca Michael. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, listeners, thanks so much for listening to the first episode of Season 3 of the Tapioca Radio Show. Uh, we're pleased to have you. Uh, we're uh, excited about next week with our guest, uh, Greg Harrell from FC Cincinnati. And, uh, Mike, you have one more component to add. I was going to ask you about the pickle eating contest, but I thought maybe we'd save that for next week. I think save it for next week, and, and we probably have to have individuals reference uh, Season 2 to provide a little bit of context there. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week.